This is Pine Glass Football, and I'm your host, Brad Fowler. On this show, I'm going to drink beer and give you my opinions and discuss the latest news around the NFL and college football every week, from the NFL draft all the way to the Super Bowl. Not only will you hear my takes, but I'll bring on media professionals from places like ESPN, NFL Network, CBS Sports, Pro Football Focus, Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports, and many other media outlets in order to bring you the most informative and entertaining football podcast out there. Don't believe me? Well, PGF has over 400 ratings and reviews and is ranked inside the top 1% most popular shows in the world, according to ListenNotes.com. The podcast is available at PintGlassFootball.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So become a member of PGF Nation and hit that follow or subscribe button right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us. And how you're listening to us, thank you for making the sports and the world podcast part of your day. I'm Ladarius, and folks, we're getting towards the final game of the 2023 NFL regular season. So I'm trying to bring on people I've watched, I follow, and, you know, give a little diversity to the people, you, the audience. And here with me, I have Big Time Eagles guy. Check out his podcast. We'll we'll, we'll pump the, pro- the the podcast more through the through the episode. But let's just welcome in JC Sports Talk to the Sports in the World podcast. And how are you, my man? Yeah, man. Hey, look. Thank you for having me on, man. You know, like you said, man. I like to jump on with people I follow, and I checked out your work before I did agree to come on here with you. You know, what I mean, so I know you. You know, I know know what you're talking about so um but yeah man look um, i'm all about football man yes i'm a big eagles fan but my name is jc sports talk for a reason um i love to talk sports i'm a sports junkie no matter what team shoot i might know more about some people's team than they do yeah. you know like numbers names all that but hey man look hey we're gonna definitely get into the super bowl man you know um a big time matchup you know two teams that I have no stake in, but I hate them both. But hey, uh, I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna be fair. That's one thing I am is fair when I talk about. Besides my, when I talk about other teams, I try to be fair. You know, not my feelings. It's facts over feelings for me. But I can't wait, man. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, I'm kind of the same boat as you. No, no stake in it. But you know, I, I really don't. You know, either way, I, I guess I'm neutral. I guess I'm, I'm Switzerland. I, I'm neutral. I guess I'm neutral when it comes to both teams. Yeah. My, my, my team, yeah, my team is my team. For the Falcons, for those who don't know, I'm a Falcons fan, so I try the to. Falcons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, good hire, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it happens. It happens. Yeah, and I want, oh, before we get, good luck to the Steelers and Arthur Smith. Good good luck with the George Pickens, though. Yeah, you guys, you guys are going to be great. You guys are going to be great. You guys are going to be great. Don't, you know, just, just, just watch a couple of Falcons games. You're going to see the playoff. But. Before we get off track, let's get back on track and talk about Super Bowl 58 with Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and with Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, A lot of storylines, a lot of things to kind of delve into, some equally on and off the field type of stuff. So before 
before I go, you know, go into, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the game and kind of how you kind of see it and kind of your feelings on both teams and kind of in your opinion, how you kind of see it playing out. Yeah, man. Hey, first of all, man, congrats to Taylor Swift, man. You made it to the Super Bowl for a lot of other players. Hey, exactly. Super Bowl. But congrats to Taylor Swift, man. Look, that's only one of the headlines. This Super Bowl weekend is Taylor Swift. Um, The NFL, man, I don't know how they did it. Um, Like, I don't believe it's rigged or anything like that, but the NFL could not, like, you could not have two teams with two different storylines, but one got Taylor Swift and one got Mr. Irrelevant. So I think um, throughout the next week, um, uh, not so much this week because the teams are still probably practicing at their own uh, facility and then they travel for all the interview and definitely like the storyline, Taylor Swift, uh, Patrick Mahomes, GOAT conversation, Kelsey, GOAT conversation. a Brock Purdy underdog, a true underdog story. Um, a Shanahan and McCaffrey, like the father and son, like his dad and and McCaffrey dad, and now is you know you know Cal and a Christian. So it's just a whole bunch of storyline, man. That's gonna lead up to the big game on February 11th. And um, so I see this game being pretty. See, I don't want to say pretty close. Only because I've seen the Chiefs, the Chiefs stop the number one Russian team in the Baltimore Ravens, and they made him one-sided. They made him look like a rookie, like like they're they're in the headlights. He would not run. He would not be Lamar Jackson. I don't know what's going on. So if an experienced quarterback um, about to be two-time MVP of the league, a look shook like that. And I've seen Brock Purdy over the past couple games, you know, like the first half at least, he's been shook. And I think the Chiefs will will feast off of that. But they won't let up like like the Packers, a young team, you know, a good story. And then um, the Lions, bad coaching decisions, um, you know, whether you go for it on fourth and two or kick a field goal. But this is Andy Reid, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. That Kansas City's chief defense. Um, but I'm hoping it's a good game just because of all the fans that's going to be tuning in and watching. Nobody wants to see a blowout in the Super Bowl. Like, I'm hoping it's like last year's Super Bowl, Eagles versus Chiefs, go down to the wire. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, somebody walked down the field, last-minute field goal, because then you'll you know uh, attract more audience and people will stay tuned in, you know, compared like 50 like 28 to nothing at halftime or, or 27 and a half time. People are like, Oh my God, here we go. So I'm hoping for a good game. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And that's what we're going to talk about, you know, um, the breakdowns uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. And you, you make a good point. There's plenty of storylines to kind of go around on and off the field. And so it, it kind of leads me into this. And we, we talk about, we'll talk about the quarterback. Let's, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. Now, when we look at, we would hear a lot of talk about his legacy. We hear talk about, you know, where we're hearing him in the kind of the competition with Tom Brady. So, so my question is, should Kansas City win it? Patrick Mahomes will have his his third ring. He's a two time super, you know, you know, you know, I don't know if he'll win MVP. Like, hyper, if things go Kansas City's way, what does that do 
do we do we officially put him in the Tom Brady conversation, or was he already in the conversation even before, even before this, for this Super Bowl is about to take place? Well, I think all right, Mahomes and and Brady went head to head twice already. And Mahomes is 0-2. You know, um, not his fault in the Super Bowl. Of course, his, you know, his offensive line was decimated with injuries. You know what I mean? I was even rooting for the Chiefs at that time. Um, that was his first time, you know, in the Super Bowl. And look, the better team won, the more experienced team won. For me, if he happens to win his third Super Bowl ring, third uh, um, Super Bowl MVP, right? You know, yeah. because he got two. So now um, it'll be three. Uh, Super MVP, I cannot put him ahead of Tom Brady, not yet, only because the head-to-head -head matchup, and Tom is, is retired now, right? So the head-to-head -head matchup, he's 0-2, so we, we we most likely not would never see that matchup again. Um, uh, but also, hey, I mean, did all the other four rings for Tom Brady, five rings, six rings, you know, seven rings. Did all those get thrown in the trash? Did, like, did all those uh, disappear all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what happened to him. I was going to ask you what happened to him, but I have no idea. I, I have no idea what happened to him. <laughs> so, so not only did he lose a head-to-head -head matchup, but then Tom will still have at least four more rings. You know what I mean? Like, so just pump the brakes, you know. Mahomes will have plenty of time. Now next year, if he goes back, win another Super Bowl, another Super Bowl MVP, then you got like, okay, all right. Now you might want to say, hey, Tom only won three in a row, right? And then went what, uh, like 10-year gap without mm -hmm. winning another one. But this guy didn't go 10-year gap. Like he literally won four in five years, you, you know, whatever it is. So, so now you could possibly made a case. Yes, I know the head to head matchup then go, you know, a Mahomes way, but a Brady took a 10 year gap and he was still in the league. Bill Belichick was still his coach. He still had some awesome teams. What happened? And Mahomes, he's been in the league for six years. Six times in an FC championship, he never not played in, in an AFC championship. I mean, that is unheard of. Like, like I mean, that is goatish conversations. But, but I wouldn't say he's the goat yet. Yeah, it's you know when when you see it on like social media, Twitter X, you know, and, and I always see these com the comparison, you know, Mahomes and Brady. And, and and you said something that's that to me was very important. Is is that let's just say Mahomes does get his third. Mm -hmm. My guy is still four away from even even touching it. And so I think it, it, it's kind of it parallels when we talk about like when we talk about you know LeBron and you know when we hit we when we have this when we're trying to compare greatness. And I, I always go to the side of this. Patrick Mahomes is when you, when you watch him play and like and, and I argue this year this is this was and I don't know how people may feel is that this was this was probably the worst Kansas City Chief team to go to the Super Bowl when you talk about what they went through this in the season where we talked about the receivers and when we had when we talked about the drops and we talked about you saw the frustration on Mahomes on the sideline something you rarely didn't see mm -hmm. from a guy who who we always deemed as being composed you you know. The, to me, if he takes this team, I, I I still lean toward you by saying, 
it puts him somewhere there. But now if he does this again, mm-hmm. as soon as next season, then we have to have like one of those, you know, sit down and talk situations yeah. and like, maybe we need to rewrite some things and have a different conversation because yeah. what he's doing is on a level that is right there. If he does go back to, to the game next year, but if he, if, even if he wins this year, mm-hmm. I think, it puts him it puts him into talking range but if he's able to pull this off again which yeah. in today's nfl what to to do what this team is doing like for this whole chiefs franchise six straight nfc you know excuse me afc championship appearances that's that you didn't see that since some since brady and his patriots like that's where the comparisons are and yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they're not warranted they're there but i'm like i'm in your camp where Let's see next season. Let's see if he does it again. Then we can sit down like how we're doing now, and yeah. we can have that conversation. Like maybe we need to put this guy in the conversation. And then Mahomes, you know, given his age, he still has that chance. It's not like he's. It's not like he's thirty-five. I think he's twenty-eight. Yeah. And so we're talking like this guy. Maybe maybe we, it's hard to it's, it's hard to say, but maybe is he scratching the surface? And like that's weird to say. For a guy that has two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and, and people are saying he may have scratched. He's doing this all before he's thirty. Yeah. So, and where's my? This guy could scratch the surface. That I think that says a lot about Patrick Mahomes, and that says a lot about this Chiefs organization. Now, shifting gears to kind of do a one eighty, I want to talk about Brock Purdy. Okay. And the talk about Brock Purdy, I, I think somebody I had I had a guest on here. Gab Gowdy, and we talked about Brock Purdy, and I think we reached a consensus and said that maybe Brock Purdy does not maybe get the the love that he just, you know gets is because he's because he, he's Mister Irrelevant. Like if if he was a first round, if he was like a Mahomes and Allen, he's a first round guy, you know maybe people would put more respect on his name. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Is it? Is it because is it is it the reason why Brock Purdy doesn't get the love? Is it because he's Mister Irrelevant, or is it because they feel that even still, they still feel that he's just I guess if you want to like whatever a game manager, whatever you want to call him. I'm curious to get your thoughts on does Brock Purdy have the love, and if not, what could be the possible reason or reasons behind it? See, um, but I don't think is where he was drafted. You know, the last pick of the draft, whatever, uh, Mr. Uh, Irrelevant. I just feel like that people see two different Brock Purdy, right? They see Brock Purdy, fully loaded team, right? They are undefeated when Debo, when Christian McCaffrey, when Trent Williams, when everybody plays, they are undefeated. When one or two of those guys, uh, like mainly one, it was Debo, like he's 0-3. So they see like, okay, so if we take one weapon away, how could you make the other guys better? Like, is it really you or is it the Kyle Shanahan system? Because we've seen the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. You know, we, we've seen some quarterback look decent behind the 49ers, you know, in that system with some, you know, mediocre um, offensive line, you know. Um, but Brock Purdy, to me, especially during these playoffs, you see the first half, 
where he's the reason why, you know, they're behind because he's, you know, he's a little shaky. He's turned the ball over, you know, um, but then, but he could play bad for three quarters, but then in the fourth quarter, like, you just like, you know what, hey, man, I got to do something because this is my fault, right? I'm the weak link on this offense right now. So let me go help this team do something. So I just feel like people will not respect Brock Purdy until he's the reason, the main reason. If Christian McCarthy, okay, look, if the Chiefs are stopping the run, they're stuffing the run, they're stuffing the run, and then Brock Purdy is thrown all over them, right? He does a Jalen Hurts from last Super Bowl, right? The Eagles could not run the ball at all. And Jalen Hurts, that was his coming out in the Super Bowl. Like people was like, wow, this dude threw for over 300 yards. You know what I mean? Three rushing touchdowns, one through the air. So people was like, this was one of the greatest games by a quarterback that I ever seen. Even Patrick Mahomes said that, you know, uh, uh, um, plenty of the Chiefs uh, defenders were saying it. So if Brock Purdy had one of those games because the Chiefs is going to try to stop the run, they're going to make Brock Purdy try to beat them. But it's not going to be on Christian McCaffrey. Like they're going to try to make Brock Purdy beat them. If he could have, man, I'm not saying a superstar game, but be not the reason that they are behind, like throwing interceptions, three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, because you do get the ball back. This ain't basketball. You make it or keep it. So if the Chiefs score, you get the ball, then what you going to do with it? Especially if they're stopping the run, can you go on a drive where you got to throw the ball seven to ten plays, you know, drive all through the air and score a touchdown and not relying on Christian McCaffrey? So I think he needs to show, you know, the naysayer, you know, 49er fans, they are, like, they know for a fact that Brock Purdy is the truth, right? They know for a fact that that Brock Purdy had proven himself, you know, for most of the season, three quarter of the season, he was number one in a lot of categories, you know. Um, so they are okay. He just got to prove it to everybody else outside the 49ers nation. Yeah, I, I think to, to your point, I, I think it's more of a the outside view because I'm I'm pretty sure in the locker room, you know, having been in the locker room, just you can see that they 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 definitely support Brock Purdy. It's mm-hmm. It's the outside narrative, to your point, I think, is that they want him to – I think you said something very important – to be the key that they win the game. You know, don't make mistakes. Don't don't be – don't throw an interception, you know, in, in the red zone. Don't don't fumble it. Don't, don't make a mistake to cost us the game, and they want him to be the reason to win the game. Yeah. And I think – and that's and I think people are like, well – and I said, well, other – I said, no, for Brock Purdy – for those on the outside, because those in, in Niners Nation, mm-hmm. they they believe in Brock Purdy. Like I that that I'm not, you know, there's no there's a real consensus that he's the guy. I think it's more I think this Super Bowl is it's the biggest stage. And to your point, we saw how Jalen Hurts played on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. We saw how he kind of just basically told the Eagles offense, hey, come right on my back. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not gonna be the reason we're gonna go out. And we're going to try to go win this thing. And I think Brock Purdy has to have that similar mentality going into this game, despite having Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George, having all, all, all of these weapons yeah. and, and, a, and a top three offensive line. He, it's, it has to be on you. And and I think that's and it's interesting because we don't hear that. To like, oh, the court, well, yeah. But no, for Brock, 
this that has to be the narrative to say, Mr. Irrelevant, great story. Can you lead this team with all of these weapons? Can you be the guy? Can you be the reason that we hoist the trophy? Because if you're Steve Spagnolo, defensive coordinator, you're saying, hey, we know Christian McCaffrey's great, but we are not going to let Brock Purdy beat us. Yeah. You know, Chris McCaffrey does, then well, it's it's hard to it's hard to stop Chris McCaffrey if you can contain him, mm-hmm. what whatever that means, whatever numbers you want to put there in terms of containment. But I think that's a very good point with, with Brock Purdy going back to that point. Now, when we look at these other matchups, there are plenty of other interesting matchups when we look at these two teams. And I'm curious to see what two or three key matchups did you see in this game that will make a huge difference to the winner and to the loser of this game? I think look, the first key matchup is who can control the clock? Who can control the ball? Like we've seen the Chiefs, <laughs> like their first drive against the Ravens, they controlled the clock. I think it was a 9-10 play drive. I mean, they were like they held the ball like mostly of the first quarter, and the Ravens was on the sideline. Like they couldn't do nothing about it. And they finished. They controlled the ball, they controlled the clock, and they punched it in for a touchdown. So whoever could control the clock better will win this game because I believe on defense, like both teams are kind of middle of the pack when it comes to stopping the run. You know, like they're not like, you know, top three, top four and stopping the run. So you could run on both teams, right? We saw um, the Detroit line was running on them. Uh, the Ravens at first was running on the Chiefs, you know, and then they stopped, you know, they, and uh, um, there was a, hey, Lamar, throw us, you know, just throw us a victory. And that's a bad idea. So I feel like, one, who can stop who? Is Pacheco going to go off against the 49ers defense or is McCaffrey is going to go off against that Chiefs defense? So whichever running game is working the best, um, I think that team is going to have control of the clock and possibly control of the game. So that's my biggest one. Um, who could run the ball better? Uh, number two is the tight ends. You know, Kelsey, 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 you know, congratulations to, you know, to Travis Kelsey passing Jerry Rice for the most reception in the postseason. So, I mean, that's not no small fate, even though man, he was like, I don't want to hear that. I, you know, I don't want to hear that because he's still playing. You know what I mean? He, he's focused. He got a goal, which is to win the Super Bowl. He even said it. he wants the Super Bowl bad. But if I'm taking any note, I'm like, he wants the Super Bowl more than ever bad. Maybe he's trying to say, you know what? I'd rather go out on top. Maybe he's trying to, you know, uh, even though Jason Kelsey, you know, he's still trying to, in, you know, I'm in the middle if he's going to retire or not. Maybe they're trying to go retire together. You know what I mean? And he's just trying to get a ring and just walk away. Who knows? But I never heard him say, I want this Super Bowl. Like, this is going to be his fourth Super Bowl that he's going to. But he was like, I want this Super Bowl bad. So there's something behind it. I don't know what it is. Kelsey versus Kittle, that's going to be the matchup. Uh, Fred Warner, one of the best, the best, you know, middle linebacker in football. Is he going to be matchup on Kelsey? I don't know. I mean, are you going to put one underneath, one uh, um, safety help over the top? I don't know. And then vice versa. Kittle, 
I mean, he don't forget him. You know, he's been kind of quiet this postseason. So a perfect game for him to go off is in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? What did they say? A quarterback best friend is the tight end, you know. But with them, with the 49ers, is Debo. But guess what? They're going to try to take Debo away. So you got to look in the middle of the field, you know what I mean, try to make those linebackers work. And Kittle is one. And I, And my last key is who could protect who the best? The trenches is going to come down to the trenches. You know what I mean? Is Brock Purdy going to get sacked? Is, is Patrick Mahomes going to be, you know, trying to play happy feet back there or trying to um, escape the pocket, trying to make something happen? So it's going to come down who could protect their quarterback, who who could get their uh, their quarterback enough time, you know, to look downfield, make the big throw, or deliver a perfect throw, a touchdown, anything. Like, you know, Ravens did a bad job against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, whatever zone they were playing, he is one of the best quarterback in the NFL when it comes to zone. So I don't know what uh, what defense the 49ers are going to play. Um, You can't blitz them. You can't play zone. So you got to do something. You like, you know what I mean, against Patrick Mahomes. But he's one of the best quarterback when it comes to the blitz and end zone. So, and Brock Purdy, we saw at least the first half, back-to-back playoff games, when the pressure started coming, the ball's right there to get picked. You know, the Packers had to pick six. You know, uh, um, the Lions had to pick six, I believe. Uh, the Lions had to pick six. So it's it's going to be opportunities, but can you take advantage of those opportunities when they come? So the trenches, the run game, and the tight ends. Yeah. To, to me, I think your point about Kelsey is very interesting. Because as someone who, who writes about sports or living, you know, words matter to me. Mm. And, and I heard, you know, those words and I'm like, like, you know, of, of, of his four appearances, this one mm-hmm. hits different. And people are like, oh, well, you, you know, it's, you know, it's player talk. I, said, I, I don't necessarily abide by that ideology because something hit differently. Yeah. And talking about he wants this one bad. more bad. Yeah. And that to me makes me believe that I, I hope the 49ers defense, you know, we can look at a matchup potentially Kelsey, like you said, Fred Warner. That's good. It's going to be one to watch because I think for Kelsey, this is, you know, for a player, for him to say it the, to the, to the level, he said it mm-hmm. like this one for like you to your point, we don't know why we can speculate. We can conjecture, conjecture as to why, but the reality is, that to me, like the, the tight end matchup is important because George Kittle, you know, it, it's, it's been Debo, it's been Ayuk, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been McCaffrey, and but Kittle, we got to put respect, you know, this guy's a Pro Bowl tight end, mm-hmm. and I think the tight end matchup is interesting because I'm curious because both defenses have been very well this season, especially Chiefs, a very much improved defense under Spagnuolo, as I kind of referenced earlier. But that tight end matchup could be important, especially for Kansas City, because you know, are these receivers gonna we've heard it all season. Catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, we've heard something, you know, all season. Can they catch? You know, whether it's Kadarius Tony, whether Justin Watson, whether it's Rishi Rice, you know, can, can this, you know, Martez Valdez can can these I'm guys think Tony is, is playing. Not Tony is out for the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, maybe, well, yeah. Yeah, so, it's right. Watson. 
Yeah. So now with that, it, it makes it it makes me believe even more Kelsey. that that this is a Travis Kelsey game, and and, and people are like, well, you know, it, it, it hits different because, like I said, his words, he's saying I have, he understands that they're gonna Fred Warner, you know, Fred Warner is enough, but even if they slip somebody down to help, he's still gonna Mahomes is still going to he's going to find 87 mm-hmm. so so basically san francisco is saying if kelsey beats us and we're putting pretty much everybody on the team on him then so be it because to me like to your point no Kadarius tony is racy rice going to still have a big game we're going to yep. see out of J- justin watson what are we going to see out of martin what are we going to see out of these guys who who've been talked about through the, throughout the media all season about they can't catch and you know they read the headlines so in the biggest game i that tight end matchup is important because even despite brock Purdy having all of those weapons kittle is still an x-factor because who's gonna who's gonna account for george kittle in in that kansas city defense and i'm not trying to mitigate their linebacking core like nick bolton and those i'm not trying to mitigate those dudes <laughs> whatsoever but that to me, that tight end matchup, simply because it kind of feels like Kelsey's in store to have a good game, and George Kittle could sneak in there because Spagnuolo could probably try to take away Debo and try to take away IU or limit what they can do, limit them getting beat beyond the secondary, and kind of limit their what they do. So it goes back to with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy may have to look toward Kittle, who who's a down kind of a downfield threat himself. So I I love that particular matchup there now. To, to me, something I think is also important is I like talking about the head coaches. Mm. So when I look at these head coaches, we got Andy Reid, been there, done that, Hall of Fame coach, you know, taking, you know, taking two different teams. It's hard enough taking one team to a Super Bowl. He took it two. He took your Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. And, and here we are, and you look on this like Kyle Shanahan. A guy that, you know, arguably, probably in some people's minds, the best offensive mind in the NFL in terms of head coaching. You know, Sean McVay may want to, is probably trying to call me and say, hey, have you heard of me? But this head coaching matchup is going to be interesting to yep. me because Andy Reid, we know what he can do. And like I said, given the way this offense has played in terms of the receiving we talked about, he's done a masterful job. With this off, and Kyle Shanahan, it's it it feels, it's like when I watch it, I go, I've seen that kind of team before, like I, I know what I'm getting out of Kyle Shanahan, what he's seen all season, and when I look at this game, to me, I'll get your thoughts. Is that to me? I think it's the Titans and the coaching. We got two great offensive minds here. Like not to not, not not to negate the defense, but like the defenses are great. Yeah, like Spagnuolo for the Chiefs and Steve Wilkes for the 49ers. But Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan is an interesting matchup on every level because these two dudes know how to call plays, which is important. People like play calling. I think we've learned a lot this year. If we've learned anything, play calling matters. Like, like you know, people are like, oh, what do you mean? Like, no, listen, people say, oh, I can do that. No, you can't. No, you can't. There's a sign, there's an art to it. 
there's an art to this, and we've learned uh, we got two of the best arguable play callers in the league, you know, in the NFL going in the biggest game of the year. That to me is is, is just an important matchup. It's all the matchups you mentioned as well. Because it feels like when you try to find differences, they're closer than what they think. Like if you if you say one's better than the other, like it's not the gap is not super big. Mm. It's not super big with like, oh, even people like, well, maybe a quarterback. No. Brock Purdy deserves credit. Absolutely. But I think to your point, you nailed it earlier in the in the in the episode, where I think people outside exterior yeah. uh of San Francisco want to see him like be the reason they win. So so with that being said, I think we know what the next question is going to be. And it's going to be a tough question. Okay. Because for legal reasons, I have to answer the question too. So I can't like, well, we heard JC give an answer. Sir, what you well, like, is your pocket going to give an answer? I'm like, listen, I, I went to lunch. But <laughs> Chiefs, Niners, who do you think, as as we're recording, as we're talking now, mm-hmm. you're, you're free. You can change your mind on social media. I'm not going to hold it against you. Because I've done it myself. So, Chiefs 49ers, who do you see lifting up the Lombardi Trophy at Allegiant Stadium in Paradise, Nevada, February 11th, with Usher at the halftime Super Bowl? (laughs) Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with the Cinderella story in a different direction. The Taylor Swift story. Ooh, I like it. Taylor Swift story. There's no way the NFL is going to let the Chiefs lose. While Taylor Swift is going to be coming back from Japan from her concert the night before, flying in from Japan, flying into Las Vegas to watch her boo-boo play and end up losing. So I see Andy Reid getting his third ring, Patrick Mahomes, getting his third ring, Travis Kelsey getting his third ring. I see this game um, being, unfortunately, Kansas City 31-21. You know, listen, people say, listen, I I think, listen, I want to go, I'll just say it like this. If if a flight gets delayed, let's say if if the Super Bowl starts a little late, (laughs) like, like I'm like, you know, they may, Hey, you guys gotta do something. You know, they may try to you know, hey Usher, can you come out just for like no, I'm at halftime. Like <laughs> they may have somebody come out there just to, to kind of stall yeah. until they know the she's landed at the tarmac in Nevada and she's getting driven there part by Roger Goodell himself, yeah. driving the limo there. But I, I I'm on if it, it feels everything feels lined up for Kansas City. Like you know, no disrespect to Kyle Shannon, the 49ers, great team. You know, Brock Purdy is a great story. But what I've seen Kansas City do this postseason, yeah, Patrick Holmes playing on the road for the first time in his career, shown that he, that, you know, people are like, oh, well, he won at home. No, he, he went to Buffalo, beat a very good Buffalo team, beat a very good, the number one seeded Ravens team on the road. I think this team is, like I say, not the best Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs team, but that's what makes this important. And I think the I think the Kelsey stuff, I think that to me just adds equal fire to this situation. Mm-hmm. And 
like listen, like to your point, Taylor Swift, listen, if they gotta push this Super Bowl back, <laughs> listen. I, as soon as she hits, you know, as soon as that last note comes out in Tokyo, yeah. They they, they may have they may have the jet outside outside the Tokyo Dome waiting for her to go to go. Yeah. It's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great story, whether people want to believe it or not. If people can say, "Oh, Taylor Swift takes away from the game," no, she doesn't. If anything, she adds to the game. And Rev- guess what? Revenue. I'm like, if you're Roger Goodell, like for years, they were trying to get her to do the Super Bowl halftime show, but she couldn't because it was sponsored by Pepsi, and she, I believe, was was working with Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Now, it's sponsored by Apple. And you know she's the big. I'm, I'm not saying 2025. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I my my salary is no good enough to, to figure to be the person to figure that out. But it's I think it's too much for it would be weird if this see you know did seeing Taylor on the field the confetti, and she's like like folks it's it, it Kansas City it, they're a great team, it's a great story. Just uh, to me I, I I I'm going with the storyline. I'm going with the storyline, you know. No bad blood here between the the fans and all the things of that nature. So, I like Kansas City too. And plus, let's not forget, like the Kansas, like the Kansas City Chiefs beat the top three teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins, like we forgetting the Dolphins was one of the top teams in the AFC. They yeah. went to you know uh, Arrowhead and got you know and lost, and then they beat the Bills, and then they beat the Ravens. Like those are the top three teams besides the Chiefs. Of top four teams, like they beat three of them to get to the Super Bowl, yep. right? So this wasn't an easy road compared to the 49ers, a first round by, mm-hmm. and they, you know, the young Packers. They squeaked by the Packers, and man, and the Lions had them dead to rights. So a lot of people yeah. say that they should have lost that one too. So I mean. Maybe luck could be on their side again. Maybe they could shock the world. Maybe, you know, a, you and I would be looking dumb on Monday morning, February 12th, that we put the cheese. Who knows? Maybe. But just outside looking in, just looking at the body of work throughout the playoffs, um, I really feel like the cheese has elevated their game to another level and are riding high right now. And the 49ers confident might be shook. Yes, they came back and um and beat the Lions, but to be down 24-7, you know what I mean? Like thinking that your defense was world class and they ran right through you the first half. Like what happened? You know, compared to the Chiefs stopping, shutting down the number one rushing team, a two-time MVP. You know what I mean? Just say, oh my God, yo, this is about to be our hardest test right there. Because the Ravens defense was supposed to be, you know, one of the best since early 2000s. You know, that's what everybody was saying. And yes, they shut out the Chiefs the second half, but the Chiefs did their damage the first half. And vice versa, exactly. Kansas City defense did enough to stop Lamar Jackson throughout the whole game, basically. So um overall, overall experience. You know, um, the coaching, um, the momentum, I say it's all on Kansas City. But would we, I mean, how would you feel if Mr. Irrelevant beat Goliath, David versus Goliath, you know, Slater Dragon in the Super Bowl and raise his first Lombardi trophy? Yeah, that is it's equally, it, it, it's, it's a great story still. It is like it's equally a, it's a great story, and then we get a little bit of history with the Shanahan's. 
father son having a Super Bowl, first father son coaching, you know, to have a soup. The storyline's great. Yeah. And and I think for San Francisco, to your point, you know, when we look back at that Detroit game, that game looked it looked over for San Francisco for good. And and the conference is always going to be about Dan Campbell and the aggressiveness, and and I tell people it's like this, like it to me I get it, but I said that's Dan Campbell is essentially doing what got Detroit there in the first place, and and I'm not saying he's, you know I tell it like this, you know if Gary Golf makes that completion, to I think he made it to to Josh to Reynolds mm-hmm. in the third quarter on I mean, the first time he did it. And if he hits Amon Ross same round of the if he if he went two for two on the fourth down, we could be talking about a Chiefs Lions Super Bowl. Yeah. If, if, so it's so I tell people like, you know, let, let's and it's not mitigating what the San Francisco understood even when they played Green Bay, that the, the, the first three quarters they didn't look great, mm-hmm. and and, it, and it's the slow starts and they cannot afford a slow start against this experience, been there, done that, Chiefs team. Because if you fall behind against Kansas City, yeah, you, you know, you know, some teams are built to come back and some teams are built to play with the lead. You know, we've seen San Francisco kind of play from behind, but sometimes, like for Detroit, a case could be made. You know, if Dan Campbell does this or Dan Campbell does that, we could be having a different conversation. But nonetheless, I think San Francisco has has to put them in the back of their heads. Like, listen. We can't do what we've done the first two games of this postseason because if we do, we see that guy Patrick Mahomes, we see Andy Reid, they're gonna make us pay, and they got number eighty-seven who could arguably go down as the greatest tight end mm-hmm. in NFL history. We can't, we can't play like we played and expect to to squeak away a Super Bowl. Exactly, and I think that, and I think that's what Kyle Shanahan has to reinforce, and and also bring in the Falcons thing. Shanahan was the guy at 28-3. So he's like, listen, he's seen literally leads being blown. And then so he's like, hey, if we get behind, but the difference is this time, if Kansas City gets up, listen, can you be like New England and do what they did? And I simply, if you fall behind, and I simply don't see it, I think can't, I think there's more urgency on San Francisco's side to, to when they have their first offense, they have to put points on the board in some capacity, whether it's a field goal or they go get a touchdown. Because if you if we start seeing your punter out there, <laughs> it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a great day in the office. Yeah, you get away with that with with Green, with Green Bay and Detroit. You can get away with that, but not with Andy Reid. Now with Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. You can't like yeah, when you're seeing you know. Three potential future Hall of Famers on one side of the field. It's you know I, I'm just you know I, I love San Francisco, great story, but that's something to me you can't play from behind like you did against because this Kansas City team. Yeah, we talk about how bad they've been all season, but look, it's experience, games on the line. Mm-hmm. They're not that Travis Kelsey urgency. It's hard to beat it, and that's why I feel like that's why they're favored. Like there, there's a reason why they're favored. This fight will say, "Whoa, they're bad." Like, did the line change? Because I thought that the 49ers was favored by a point. It might have. I, I saw somewhere where it was even a because a lot of these lines depend yeah. what book. Yeah, but to me, if it's even as is, I I still yeah. lean Kansas City. 
Like, like people say, oh, okay. So, but with that being said, I think, like I say, 49er fans, like, look, you don't want to hear from us. Don't fall behind against Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Just, just, just don't. As crazy a story Brock Purdy is, don't do it. Now, before we get out of here, because I appreciate you taking your time out, I do want to talk a little, little Eagles before we get out. I wouldn't be doing my job. I would not be, you know, you come on the show, you know, you know, you you swagged out with the with the Phillies. I, I'd be like, well, I don't want to get questions like, well, why didn't you talk about the Eagles? I'm like, so if there's softball questions, like, oh, there, there's softball questions. I ask the questions. <laughs> I ask the so you know, and also with Jason Kelly, so it, it all ties in. So there you go. I, I don't write the rules. I don't write the rules. So well, well look at Philadelphia before we get out of here. Now, being a fan, I know you're a big-time sports fan, as you proved in this episode. Being an Eagles fan, where did you stand on Nick Sirianni? There was, I, I saw plenty of talk about, oh, we got to fire this guy. I saw plenty of talk saying, hey, you know, we got to keep this guy. He's coming. He's, he's literally revitalized the staff with two new coordinators, Kellen Moore offense, Vic Fangio defense. But were you in the camp of fire Nick Sirianni or let's keep him and we, we can figure this thing out moving forward? All right. So I, I'm going to be transparent here. All right. So there were multiple games doing that little five out of six game skid where, you know, I'm having some adult beverages, you know, mm-hmm. and um tweeting because I tweet throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, fire Nick Sirianni. This is unacceptable. You know, what I mean? but once the season was over with, like, you know, what I mean, just calm down and like accept the fate, you know, that we are out of it and and all this and that. Um, I'm in the keep Nick Sirianni camp. You know, I've been tweeting support behind Nick Sirianni because there's no way you fire a coach, a young coach at that. Right. That never called plays before came from a. Um, uh, came from uh, the coach system, you know, got hired as a head coach. He got made fun of, you know, his open press conference. We all was laughing to, including the Eagle fans. And then he got laughed at about his flower speech, you, you, you know, that took off and, you know, helped the Eagles finish strong that season. Then the following season, the second season, make it to the Super Bowl. And then the following season, which was this season, there's not a lot of teams that lose the Super Bowl and start 10 and one, because most likely than not, your coordinators are gone, players are gone, and now you're just hoping that you could tread water, that you could be, you know, decent. Not bad, but at least decent. But to be 10 and one after you lost the Super Bowl, to be able to keep these guys, these new guys, you know, coming in, these old guys, morale up, you know, intensity up, their mind, like, hey, we could get back there. We could get back there. Just keep fighting, keep fighting to be 10 and 1. And then, yes, the whole slump happened, you know, 5 out of 6, 6 out of 7, including the playoffs. I'm not going to fire a guy like that. I don't care if he doesn't call plays. I mean, there's plenty of NFL head coaches that don't call plays. You know, you know, uh, Dan Campbell, don't call plays. Mike Tomlin, don't call plays. John Harbaugh, don't call plays. Like, I could go on and on. Like, um, Bill Belichick, he don't call plays. Like, so there's a lot of good NFL head coaches that don't call plays. But the 
But your job as a head coach is to put a system in place, your like your system and say, you, you know what, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, this is your team, this is your team, make it happen. Let me see what's going on to keep the ship running smooth, flowing smooth. That's what your job as a head coach is. Like, like uh, um, I don't know where, you know, this generation came from where as a head coach, you have to call plays. It's a lot of responsibility as a head coach yourself. And now you put more pressure on the head coach to be calling plays instead of looking, watching the game and doing adjustments. Yes, he didn't do adjustment this past, you know, this past season, you know, apparently. But I'm not going to fire a head coach that's taking me to three playoff games, one Super Bowl appearance, and to do what? To start all over again? Like, uh, what are we doing here? So, no, I'm happy that they retain him. And I'm happy that something had to change. If you're going to keep the head coach, your coordinators had to go. It, um, if you're going to keep your coordinators, then your head coach had to go. So they just have to get rid of the coordinators, keep your head coach, bring new experienced coordinators in. The Vic Vangio hire, I'm 100% on it. The Callum Moore, of course, you know, once again, I'm like, oh, I don't want no Cowboys. Bad hire, right? Eight hours later, I woke up from bed. Me, you know, I'm like, I'm a, like, I could admit when I'm wrong. So I tweeted out, you know what? I was in my feelings last night. This is a good hire. You know what I mean? Good, young, experienced offense coordinator. Look at that Prescott number. Like he wasn't the reason why that the Dallas Cowboys did not succeed. He just, you know, the players that he had uh, didn't come through in a big moment, you know? So good hire. And now we were starting to put the team together again, you know? So, so far I'm happy, you know, with the coaching hire decision. So I, I'm off for Nick Seriani. Um, and a lot of Eagle fans, a lot, at least 60% of Eagle fans is trashing him still, calling him a puppet. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, just ridiculous. Like, that's ridiculously to me. If you have a dream job and, and your boss come up to you and say, hey, in order for you to keep your dream job, we need you to do some improvement. We need you to improve this. We need you to, like, are you going to be stupid enough to say, nah. Nah, I don't want it. Like, if your pride is going to be that big to get in the way of your dream job. So that's what Nick Sirianni did. That was his dream job to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, fine. I'll be the head coach. I'll find my coordinators. Let's run it back. That's it. Doug Peterson had the same option. But Doug said, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do it. So, so they let him go. So that's why they let a, a Super Bowl winning head coach go after a 4-12 and season because he did not want to agree to do what Nick Sirianni was doing. Hey, call him soft, call him a puppy, whatever you want. We behind the cameras, and he's living his dream job of being an NFL head coach. Yeah. I I, I think, you, uh, to your point before we wrap it up, I think you, when you talked about the play calling, like if we go look back at guys who we – like Mike Tomlin, people, they say, I think he's a borderline Hall of Fame coach. He's not calling plays. Bill Belichick, I've never seen him call plays. So I think to your point, especially being an NFL head coach, that's hard enough. But then you're asking them to call games. We're talking 17 weeks. Calling so, and and people are like, well, Andy Reid and I'm like, Andy Reid's been there, done that. He he can do that like the back of his hand. You know, Kyle Shanahan, he can do that. I think we have to take away the like to your point. Take away those expectations. 
It doesn't make them less of a coach if they don't do it, because that's why you hire people who know how to do it. It's 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 like you're you're if you're needing your house done and you know you're not a contractor, don't go try to to, to wear a tool belt. Oh, I can do this. No, you can't. Go hire somebody who can, who know what they're doing. He or she has the experience to do it. Let them do it. Like, yeah, that's still your house, though, right? I mean, it, right. it, 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 it not be your house still. It's still your house. Exactly. It's just like, just like it's still your. It's like it's still your team. It's it's still your like. If you're not willing to say, oh man, I don't want to. Like I, people, like pride has gotten a lot of coaches fired. Yeah. Good coaches. Because you know they want us, and they're fine, but they, they were in the unemployment line. Nick Sirianni said, "If I can help this team be better, yeah, by making the tough decisions, that's why these head coaches we're, we're not giving them, you know, you know, six figure salary. We're giving these guys seven, eight, you know, to make tough decisions. Yeah. Let them do it. It's like it doesn't make them less of a coach. Listen, Kellen Moore, Vic Fangio, they bring the experience. Let them do their thing." Nick does his thing and go together. It's, it's no, it, it's a life lesson in there too. Like, if you can't do, it doesn't make you less. It may, it's still your house. But hey, if you need people to come in and help you do stuff, it's not going to take away what. You know, oh, I could do that. No, you can't be Mister Fix. You can't be Bob the Builder. Like, you can't do it. If you can't do it, get somebody to do it. And guess what? You your house is going to be fine. You might be able to keep your house. And then, and then you get help on the back end. It, it, it's amazing when people are like, oh, well, I, I see the same thing. Like, oh, well, you should be calling play. No. Like, it, it, listen, when we say Bill Belichick doesn't call plays, I'm like, when Bill Belichick and Mike Hunt doesn't call plays, I'm like, that's the end of conversation. Like, those are Hall of Fame guys. Like, if, if they're not, if you're telling me that they're not calling plays and they've had success, then what are we saying? John Harbaugh was a, um, a special team coach. He, he never called plays. Never called plays. So, and it's like how how great has Baltimore's defense been? How's you know Lamar? You know this year with Todd Munkin, call, you know, mm-hmm. John Harbaugh said, "Hey, Todd, do your you, thing. Do your thing." Mike, that who's the head, you know, and he's on to Greener Patch as the head coach. Yeah. He said, "Mike, do your thing." Mm-hmm. That's delegate. Lead, that's the difference between being a, you know being a boss and being a leader. It's like it's it's a huge difference. Like oh, everybody, Boston leaders the same thing. Nope, because a leader understands when they can't do everything and you delegate. And yeah. I think with Nick Sirianni, that's the job he's done. Yeah. And on and on that high note, I appreciate you, my man, coming on the show. We didn't we we covered the Super Bowl. We didn't cover Taylor Swift. We, <laughs> we, we got all you. We, we we got it all in today. And before we get out of here, let all the amazing people know where they can find you. And your amazing, amazing podcast and your show. It's great. Yeah, man. Look, especially on Twitter, man. If you're not following me on Twitter, it's at JC Sports Talk 20. The 20 is for Brian Dawkins, my favorite Philadelphia Eagles of all time. So JC Sports Talk 20. And then on, of course, on YouTube, man, I do have my YouTube channel. Um, yes, I talk Eagles, but sometimes um, I do open the lines for anybody, especially this offseason. Draft talks is. You know, it's all about the draft. It's all about, you know, what your team needs to do, what you think your team is going to do. So it's going to be a lot of content dropping live feeds, live shows. Friday night lights might be coming back on Friday night. And I'm 
grab your cocktail, come chill with me. But definitely um, JC Sports Talk. Of course, you see the name on the screen. So that's where I'm at on YouTube, JC Sports Talk. Hey, look, look, all around, man, I'm a cool Eagle fan. Yes, you know, I love my Eagles, but I am fair. You know, um, if I'm talking football, I do have a clear, I'm a clear-headed Eagle fan. So I know a lot. So come on, man. Hey, come join the team and, and let's just have fun. If that's not an endorsement, folks, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Because, like I said, this episode, like I emphasize it again, yeah, we talk football. He knows his stuff. Go check him out at his. It, it's all amazing. Just like how he vetted me, I vetted him, and I said, it's simpatico. We've got everything covered for you. And on that note, folks, you can like, listen, subscribe to this episode and every episode of the Sports and the World Podcast, Apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast and until you hear me again next time i'm ladarius be real be you be blessed and be safe from all of us here from the sports and the world podcast